0: Hi there! Welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. That's right, baseball. It's Tuesday, January twenty second, two thousand nineteen. It's a sunny, warm day here in the Northeast. I'm Eric Carabel. He is Tristan H. Cockcroft. The H, as always, stands for happily winning all the leagues. So you better listen to everything the Sultan says this season. It's a long middle name, Tristan. Can you handle it?
1: Ah, uh, that that really sets a high bar for me this season. That that your birth certificate had like
0: fifteen words on what the H stood for.
1: Yeah. I've, I've used many many different uh, definitions for what the H stands for. Uh, happily singing, maybe? Let's talk oh, you sing baseball. Uh, I've got nothing else. That's it? One word? A one-word <laughs> song? <laughs> it was three words. No way. We expect more. Yes, three. Three. We expect um, more. Let's all
0: introduce right. everyone else, because without the other guys today, we could not do a show. We've got... Researcher extraordinaire Kyle Sapi, who does a great job, of course. You heard him on the Fantasy Football Podcast, where he did excellent work there. Producer Daniel Dopp became a star. And our courageous editorial watchdog, Leo Howell, is with us as well. Hello, gentlemen. Happy New Year. Um. It's kind of too late to use year, Happy Gen- New Year. It's
1: the 22nd. You get a week. Well, to it's say the happy first New time I've talked to any
2: of you. <laughs> so why not?
3: I I mean I appreciate it. I hope you have a happy New Year too. But I'm not going to wish you one. I think that that's like a week. I think you get a week breeding. Wow, time you're that. not even going to wish him one. At that it just is, sounded. You know, I hope he has one. Not but
2: very at, nice. You're, you're a, you're a real watchdog stepping in here. It is perfectly acceptable to wish uh, someone a Happy New Year on the 22nd, yeah, kind of. especially yeah. if it's the first time you've talked to them.
1: We wish marginally Thanks. better than replacement New Years to all.
3: That's acceptable.
1: Uh, two two uh, more, baseball. two. Baseball. We're
0: here to talk baseball. It's uh, it's cold outside, but the warmth of spring training is uh, only a few weeks away. Pitchers and catchers report, and what is it, Tristan? Nineteen days. That's how you tweet out today. Nineteen so. days.
1: Oakland A's, February tenth,
0: and most of them report on the
1: twelfth, so that's twenty-one days from now. Yay! Tristan's I can't wait. Like,
0: like the groundhog, like he peeks his head out to tweet that uh, pitchers and catchers are reporting in nineteen days. I didn't see him tweet all year, but th- I saw he my did that today because
1: <laughs> I did see my shadow after that, so back in the hole.
0: Did your shadow look at anything like Adalberto Armandesi? We're going to discuss him on today's show. Uh, a little bit later on, Mr. Soppy will read your questions, and Tristan, the expert, will give you answers. But first, the buzz. All right, so I I can't say I'm too surprised by this, but Bryce Harper and Manny Machado remain, uh, I guess, technically unemployed. They're going to find very good jobs soon, but they don't have them as of today, and I don't think they're going to... Find their jobs today. Today's Hall of Fame Day. We'll get to that later as well. But Tristan, I ask you, is it going to matter that much for your rankings? Now your rankings are posted, and mine will be when I you know get off my butt and do them. And I'm wondering, like, does it matter? They're obviously not going to Coors Field in Colorado. Does it matter where Harper? And Machado end up with jobs to you, or is it just going to be a minor thing on on your rankings? It's going to
1: be a minor thing on my rankings. I mean, there, there, there are some extremely good and extremely poor situations for each. I mean, Bryce Harper not going to the Yankees if he did. He's got a good swing for that porch that could help ever so slightly. With Manny Machado, I actually think it's about the position eligibility for future years more than anything else. I don't think much is going to change here, other than in a in a deeper lineup, he gets more counting number potential. If he's a, in a team in a more pitching oriented ballpark, perhaps not. But I think it's a question of does he play short? Does he play third? I think that's kind of the big storyline for him.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, right now you've got. Um... You've got, uh, Machado in your first round, number 10, and you've got Harper at number 23. And I don't think that's where they're going to end up being drafted. I think Harper's going to end up being drafted in ESPN ADP better than that. Although, what is it, one out of six years he's been a top 20 player in fantasy? Is that what it is? It still seems like we're giving him a lot of love here that might be undeserving. He wasn't a, he wasn't a top 20 player last year, was he?
1: Uh, no, I think only in that, uh, the, the, the big full healthy year, the one that he had, uh, did he get a high number? And I'm trying to dig that up while we, (laughs) while we speak. Um, but I think that most people in fantasy have caught on to the fact that he just doesn't have the production compared to the ADPs of the past, uh, but even still, when he is healthy, he does put up extraordinary numbers. On a per-game healthy basis, he can compete with those in the top 10. But I don't think you should be drafting him there. I don't think that, that, that the discussion for Bryce Harper will, no matter where he goes, end up being within the top 10 draft picks. I think it's going to be in that second round. Maybe he gets in the fringe if you play in the 15-team mixed leagues. I can see the conversation for that. But there are a lot of players who give you more in terms of stolen bases who I think end up being smarter picks these days in, in uh, this age. So now I look at your rankings, the great Tristan, and I see some players who are ranked after
0: Harper, and I think, well, what changed with them? Why are they being punished for their kind of rough 2018 season, whereas Harper kind of isn't? Like, Chris Bryant, to me, you have him ranked number 32, and you have Harper 23, and I think, well, that's silly. I mean, Bryant had a tough year. He had a shoulder injury, but isn't Bryant some, Bryan someone that we regard as consistent, A power source, an infielder, can steal a base, just like Harper. And a year ago, he was drafted much better than this. Correa was as well. Um, Anthony Rendon in the past has been ranked better than this. Cody Bellinger. I guess my point, Anthony Rizzo, look at that, number 42. Springer. I guess it seems to me that these other players are being punished for 2018. Like, I'm going to have Chris Bryant higher I don't know about higher than Harper, but certainly higher than you do. So how are much you expecting higher? Well, I mean to me Chris Bryant's a second round pick. I, I think I wanna have him in my top twenty because I want to view what happened in twenty
1: eighteen as a little bit aberrant. He was injured. Now he's not. Yeah, I I kinda wanna get behind this too uh brian is one of the ones in the top 50 of mine that i think has the the greatest likelihood of moving up uh based on the spring returns and that is going to go entirely to the health returns as opposed to the game performance because last year i'm willing to just write off the fact that the shoulder issue that he suffered i think it was late june that carried over the rest of the year uh explained a lot of his downturn in production but they were those were severely uh downgraded stats Hard hit contact, uh, hard hit uh, rate was down. Uh, his fly ball rate was significantly down. That was a big concern for me. He struggled a lot against right-handed pitchers. It was the performance of what what you you'd talk about for, for a, a mid-30s player who was on the downturn of their career curve. His should be sloping upward. So if he does report to spring training fully healthy, we get great reports. He's looking good in the BPs. Maybe some of the early games, he's swinging the ball well, lifting it. Then I'm on board as a second round pick. I think he could be a value. It's just there is risk still tied to him. I agree. There is risk to a lot of
0: these players. And what's the thing I always say? And I, it's, I know it's annoying to the people that are listening. Well, in Bristol right now, but bucolic Bristol, of course. But I look at last year's ADP. Oh, by the way, Tristan, can you email me last year's ADP? I look <laughs> at last year's ADP and I say, okay, what changed with this guy? What changed with that guy? Why are we ranking this guy where we are when a year ago we loved him? Brian is that guy to me. Like I don't want to say he's the most. He's, he's not a polarizing player in drafts right now. He's a huge value to me. Harper's polarizing. I mean, the, the most polarizing player in fantasy baseball drafts right now, you know who it is, right? It's it's not Harper, it's not yeah. Kershaw, it's not huh. Bryant. Gee, I wonder, who it's, is it? It's, it's, well, let's, let's put it this way. So, I, I, whatever, we didn't have a pre-meeting, you know, a pre-show <laughs> meeting or anything. So, like a week ago, I emailed Leo, the editorial watchdog, and yeah. I said, Hey, I need to do my rankings. Send them to me. Just send me Tristan's, and I'll move out of Belcher Monesty up 50 spots, and that'll be it. That's, That's essentially all? what I said. Only I, I did a, Maybe 80? You've got him ranked <laughs> ridiculously. I know Why do. <laughs> what? Now, we're going to get into this on every show, I think. Yep. But you have modesty right now at number 133. Give me a 30 second, a minute, whatever on why you haven't ranked where you are, because he's going to get drafted in the top 75 by most people, I think. And I'm going to have him ranked around 75 or 80. And you tell me what like this seems unusual for you to be so far against a player
1: with upside. There's downside, but there's also upside. Okay, so everybody's going to have to choose which side of the fence they're on. Are you going to be pro, monocy, or anti? I fall on the anti side. I say that the pro side probably is around your number, which is 75. Most of the people I see drafting him as pro are drafting him considerably earlier than that. I saw him go in the second round of an NFBC-style draft, which is 15 teams. So that's within the first 30 overall picks of a draft. And by the way, if it's 15-team, you're uh, digging a little bit deeper into the pool. So that's kind of extraordinary to me. But I don't like buying uh, extremely positive uh, small samples. It's effectively a half season of outrageously good production. And if you try to think back a couple of years to the the first player that, that comes up as a comp, Eric, you've used him last year yourself, Trey Turner. Trey Turner's production over that small sample was significantly better than what Mondesi did. Mondesi's problems... A lot weaker contact. He had a contact rate at least ten percent worse than Trey Turner's during that breakout season. He doesn't walk very much. He had an awful lot of good fortune on fly balls. Now he does have decent pop in his bat, but he hit the peak last season. His numbers in terms of the homer to fly ball rate were among the most uh, historically good of any Royals hitter. It's a it's not a homer-friendly ballpark. The other in stole the stolen bases, he stole bases, he attempted them at an extraordinary rate. It was more than forty-five percent of the time time he had a chance to steal a base he attempted it which is one of the best of this century i just tweeted out this morning uh only six players had reached that 45 percent threshold he was one of them rajay davis billy hamilton the only other two players to have done that so i think that's going to come down a bit you're drafting the role i think you were drafting the manager who does give the green light a lot and i think you're dra- you're also uh, going on the role that he's going to get the at-bats in order to fill homers runs and uh an rbi and i just won't pay for that you think the royals aren't going to play him Really? If he stinks, I think they won't. Now, here's a good question for you. If he stinks and the Royals stink, does Yost stay? And if Yost has changed, does the green light, is it as, as frequent?
0: Yeah, I think they're bad, and they're just going to let him run whenever he wants. All right, well, let's, let's cut to the chase. Give me his numbers.
1: Tell me what you project for Mondesi this season. I think he's somewhere in the range of a 240 average. I don't think he's good for batting average at all. I think he gives you about 12 home runs. Maybe he gets to 15. And I think he's looking at 35 stolen bases. And I'm assuming he plays every day. I can make that case where you have him at 75 with those numbers. But there yeah. is a lot of risk. All right. I'll give you that. We can spend what do you the whole show on this guy. Give, give me your numbers on him. I,
0: I think the numbers that you just mentioned are reasonable and almost like his floor. Like, they're just going to run all the time. And I see the the reason why, like, there's so much excitement here is, look what he did in half a season. I'll grant you, he's not going to take a walk. Batting average could be a major problem. But not like, he's not going to be Joey Gallo either. He's got speed. So I'm not saying he's Trey Turner, but he might be Trey Turner with, like, 30 less batting average points. And to me, that's a top 75 player. So I'm going to rank him that way. Like, who do you think are the most polarizing players right now? I mean, Monsey and Harper are right there. I guess you could say Kershaw. Some people still rank Kershaw as their top pitcher. You don't. I don't. Um, I guess Kenley Jansen, some people might still rank him as the top closer. I do. Um, Vlad, right? Yep. Vlad Guerrero. Vlad, you have him ranked
1: 59. So so uh, Vlad, Vlad came to mind. We didn't discuss it beforehand, but Vlad came to mind as, were we going to talk about polarizing players? I don't think it's the performance that's polarizing. I think it's whether you're willing to invest the price for a rookie.
0: Well, I'm willing to invest the price in this rookie. My only concern is, does he sit in the minors and percolate for two meaningless weeks like Chris Bryant did a few years ago, or is it half a season? Yep. And that's my main concern, but there's no question the guy can hit. Yep. And I think he can hit right away. And I think he could be a top 20 major league hitter right away. Yep. But I don't know if he's playing in April, or if it's the All-Star break, or whatever, what the Blue Jays are doing here. And, you know, the fact that it's been a slow market so far, I think helps Vlad Guerrero, in, in, in a way. Like Toronto really hasn't done a whole lot offensively, where to to make additions. So it's a guess, but again, it's upside. And and I'm will, I'm more willing than I used to be. I know who is this guy to take chances on players with upside. And to me, Vlad has crazy upside. He's in my top fifty. Um, part of the reason for that is that I push pitchers down a little bit further than you do, especially closers. I'm not taking your closer in round four or five. You've got your first closer, uh, Kenley Jansen, number fifty-five. Should he be the first closer? I don't know. He shouldn't, I don't think he should go that early. There's certainly no guarantees with this guy. Right. Um, but we're still waiting for a bunch of other players to sign contracts and that affects things too. AJ Pollock, Dallas yep. Keuchel, Craig Kimbrell, who still thinks he's getting a five year deal. Good, good luck with that fella. <laughs> um, I mean, so a lot can still change here, but in the rankings, again, like most ballparks are kind of in the middle, uh, for production. They're not as great as Coors Field and they're not like, you know, like the Mets Stadium, so it kind of—it's de- not going to matter that much in the rankings to me. So, basically, you said what what could change your rankings in the next four weeks, six weeks? Health, like Chris Bryant being healthy. Yep. Although I think he is. Um Anything else? Like, who are some players that you, that you think you could be moving
1: in your rankings based I, on I, the way they report? I think promise of a job with Vlad is big. I I could get behind that top fifty rank. I do like him that much. You and I have both seen him play in the minors a couple of times. His talent is absolutely legitimate, and when you look at projections like the steamer projections, our projection out there, he can meet those numbers. I just like to know that he's going to play every single day. I think the floor is pretty, uh, gosh darn, elevated. Um, I'd say health for guys like Corey Seeger, I think are going to be very big in terms of determining the rankings for me. Uh, Jansen, you had mentioned before how the Yankees break down their infield based on having cluttered it there. I want to see where Gleyber Torres plays, exactly what his role is spotting the lineup and the like, because I, I do feel like his upside is pretty pretty decent this year. So the lineup construction. The Phillies lineup construction is another one where I, I don't know what the order is going to be, and I might be a little bit more interested in a couple of players like Andrew McCutcheon who they picked up based on where they're slotting him in the lineup. These aren't big swings, but they could mean a round. Maybe I get a little bit more optimistic about... Uh, a player like that. Let's see, scrolling through some of my others. Well, I mean, McCutcheon's clearly
0: gonna bat third in the lineup, right in between Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. So he's gonna put up monster numbers, even and that's though my he's boy. A little bit
1: past and his prime. You you joke. I'm I wouldn't be shocked by I'm that. Not. <laughs> I I would not be shocked. And if it did I mean, happen, that's great for him.
0: You know, by the way, people, stop whining about all this. I mean Twitter's a cesspool anyway, but stop whining about what the heck, taking so long. You know, in real life, we take a long time sometimes to look for jobs, to find jobs. If Harper signs in the first week of March, so be it. It doesn't have to be in January. I understand it's holding things up for other people like A.J. Pollock, but that's not his concern. He's about getting the most money, or his agent is about getting the most money. Can you imagine if we go to, like, the NL and AL labor drafts in Arizona and Harper and Machado aren't signed? You could be, like, actually bidding on a player in the AL only, not knowing if that player is going to play in the American League. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna have a profound impact on the only leagues and what your rule set is for that. I mean, you can buy those players in labor, but then you lose them outright. You have to immediately cut them if they sign in the other league. And they would fetch pretty hefty bids. I don't think we're going to be waiting until March to see them sign. I could see them signing right around the point that the camp's open, though. Eh. Uh, I,
0: they're uh, waiting right, so for the best deal. I get it. There have been, uh, obviously, a lot of players have signed. Let's go, like, brief, one-word answers here. Sure. Paul Goldschmidt. You have him at number 20 with the Cardinals. Is that ballpark related? Is that Goldschmidt related lineup? Like, it seems like he, last year he was a top 10 pick. Now he's not. What changed?
1: Uh Performance, especially against fastballs, was down a little bit last year. Uh And the trade changed nothing for me. Patrick Corbin with the Nationals
0: now. Um You have him as a top 20 starting pitcher. I agree with that. Like a more or less uh, out of Arizona?
1: More-ish. It, it, the ballpark change wasn't as big as you think, but I do like him more getting out of there.
0: You have Andrew McCutcheon, your number 32 out there. Obviously, we still don't know about what else the Phillies will look like, but 20 home runs at least in eight consecutive seasons, not really stealing bases anymore. That probably won't change with the Phillies. There's
1: some risk here. There is, and, and for me, the risk is he slots in as a six-hitter, which is not really maximizing his uh full potential i love this guy in the points leagues the on base percentage leagues that's that's my pro mccutcheon stance uh edwin encarnacion he might end up somewhere else as well he's already
0: moved on uh seven straight seasons with 30 plus home runs no other player has an active streak longer than five that's nelson cruz um does edwin encarnacion make it eight straight is he a top 50
1: player i will say no uh i, I want to get out here before the downward curve Okay. You have Brian Dozier
0: at number 127 overall. Seems like a pretty good bounce-back opportunity for Dozier, who didn't he get like 40 homers two seasons ago? He'll hurt your batting average. But, man,
1: this could be a top-hundred player. You don't see that? He, he could if he had a full rebound, but I, I do think that the career curve is kind of adhering to what it should for him. I mentioned the Damian Easley career comp. I mean, players of this style, historically, don't age great at second base. That's my worry with Dozier. He could be a very good value where I have him and and I'm still still trying to take a look at exactly how I feel he fits in Washington.
0: All right, the the, the teams we always talk about, Red Sox, Yankees, Jay Hap to the back to the Yankees, Nate Avaldi back to the Red Sox. You've got Hap thirty eight among starters and
1: Avaldi seventy two. That seems like a pretty large difference to me. For, I mean, Avaldi was good. Yeah, it does, and, and I could say that these two guys are equal in terms of the raw talent on a per-start basis, but Evaldi's health history is a lot more troubling to me. Happ has been a considerably more durable pitcher over the years, and I like the fit in New York. New York was able to maximize the things that he did best in terms of the pitch selection.
0: At catcher, that wasteland, Yes, Yasmani Grandal is in Milwaukee now. Wilson Ramos is in Met. You've got Grandal sixth and Ramos eighth. Ramos hit for average last year. Grandel, the only catcher with 20-plus homers in each of the past three seasons. Um, Give me your overall take on catching, if you could. And also, why do you like Grandel better than Ramos?
1: Uh, health comes into play a little bit in terms of contrasting those two. I also think Grundell's skill set is perfect for Miller Park. It's a Homer oriented ballpark. He is a Homer oriented player, period. That's why he gets the edge to me over Ramos, much better ballpark situations. Uh, in terms of the catcher approach for me, I'm going to wait, wait, wait. A lot of the values that I am seeing a catcher are going to be the ones who last to the end of the ESPN drafts. And Eric, I'm going to, I'm going to bet you probably agree with me. I would expect to see Mike Zanino's bad park, but Decent player, good pop. Austin Hedges, Danny Jansen, Francisco Mejia will probably be one of the players out there. And even then, I'd go down to a catcher eligible that doesn't belong in the position. Williams Astadio. Oh, I love pick. him. Yeah. Love him. Amazing how much contact love him. rep.
0: And I think he gets at bats with the Twins. It may not all be a catcher, but he's eligible there. That's all I care about. I can tell you right now, I'm not taking a catcher in the first, what, 24 rounds? <laughs> how many rounds are our drafts? I'm not taking a catcher until the 25. end. Like, why would you? Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, and then closers. Um, Kenley Jansen, you still have him ranked as your top closer, although you have him, Edwin Diaz, and Kimbrell all in the same range. I see a lot of people with Blake Trinan as the top closer off the board. And then David Robertson signed with the Phillies. He's the only guy I think that's moved on that I would say is definitely a closer right now. Uh, I mean, Kimbrell will be.
1: Uh, your thoughts here, Co- Robertson, you really think 30 saves or no? Co- Cody Allen, just to note, another one who's moved on and will close for his team. But, but he's bad.
0: Right, he's yeah, not good, I'm,
1: is he? I mean, it saves. It's it's kind of the way Davis' story from a year ago. We're we're not excited about the guy's skill set, but he's going to get saves. And Wade Davis was okay last season. Robertson, I like the fit in Philly. I do. I, I like getting out of the American League East there, just not having to deal with some of those more hitting-oriented ballparks. I'm not even going to go so far into the lineups in that division. They're not quite as weighty as people think they are. But the NL East, even though it's a little bit better, I like the parks he's in. I like the division that he's in, and I think he's going to get that job. He's got he's got great stuff. Uh, I think cl- he's their closer. I, I, oh, I, think, I agree. I think. I agree. He's-
0: I think he's. they have Sir Anthony Dominguez and some lefties to set up. Dominguez can be like a five- or six-out
1: guy. I think Robertson gets at least 30 saves. That's what I think. My my question about the closer position, and, and this very well could change based on the free agents out there. I look at closer, and I really only see about eight or nine absolutely ironclad sure things. I feel like it's a little bit lighter this year, and I think that they are definitely sure things. Those guys, and Robertson is one of them. But don't you feel that after that, it's a little sketchier as to roll?
0: Absolutely, and and some of the closers that you have ranked really high may not even be getting saves. Josh mm-hmm. Hader, for example, I don't know if he's getting ten saves or forty. Right. Um. You know, Sean Doolittle with the injuries, Brad Hand, I think he's the closer. Robertson, I think he is, but you know, you never really know. Britain's not going to get saves. I Mar is probably out for half the season. I'll yep. tell you what, saves are a joke. I think the category should be saves plus holds. So if you're in a league where you can manipulate the categories, you know what is that called? A, uh, you know the kind of league I'm looking at here, custom league. Where that's the league. See, that's why you're here because you're like a Hall of Fame expert who <laughs> answers this question because I know that it's a custom league. I believe we Sometimes call them league manager. League, a, that's yeah, it. Yeah. There that's
1: I go. it. Way to so go. Leave that's what us. I'm
0: talking about. See, that, that's Leo gets the save plus here. hold. I like saves plus holds.
2: I'm a regular Blake Blake Trinan over here. (laughs) I like it. I like it. We're ranking you first.
0: On that note, I think it's halftime. After this, guess what we're going to do? We're going to answer your questions. Kyle Safi will come aboard, and he'll tell us the questions that you posted on Twitter. And then Tristan, who wins all his leagues, every one of his leagues, Tristan wins. Oh, yeah, sure. Answer your questions. (laughs) Cool. Except this isn't our music.
1: It's not. It says new hashbrown music on the board. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, fell this, for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't. This isn't our music. I think this, this is the, is the one that got music.
2: saved over. Like there was new hashbrown music, and then oh, that's someone too bad. saved back over I, you it. Know what? with know I,
0: I, I thought this you was were a weird. Listening. I thought this. I thought you was were strange. listening to our shows. No,
1: I download, no. Eric. Eric, I download. <laughs> I don't listen. Oh, is that what? You, yes, you download but don't listen. Download but don't listen. Okay. You still get the credit for it because of the download. Well, that's disappointing yeah, I, because I, I was I really, really excited care. about new hashbrown music. Wow. I
0: don't I don't, I don't. I don't. The credit is meaningless to me. It's it's the joy of 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 giving people people something to listen to. And they want to listen to the right hash brown music. Leo, okay. you're there. Show him which is the right hash brown
2: music. Uh, the, the the screens that he works on might as well be written in Greek. I have no <laughs> idea. There we hey! go. That's, That's it. it. Yay. It's just like putting on an old pair of jeans. There you go.
0: I feel so much. Mo- you, you can't imagine how much better I feel listening to this. I, I couldn't do the job otherwise. I, I couldn't do it to the other music. I, I You think I'm a gamer? I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Now I can Kyle, just feel singing. free to jump
3: in whenever you want. I mean, sure. this is sort of your segment. You're no, just... I'm liking this with uh, Eric saying you can't game through the wrong hash brown music. That's... I don't know. I think It's you're like a mental block. It's a mental block. It's like a, can't shoot so free throws kind of thing? Absolutely. See, you get it, Kyle. Get it. I see, I got you, Eric. I'm here for you. But So is the Twitter crowd. I am going to always call for hash browns. Feel free to shoot them at me anytime. and We'll get as many good ones on the show as we can. Matthew is wondering, what is Paul DeYoung ceiling if he slots between Carpenter and Goldschmidt? Could he be a top 10 shortstop? That's a really good question. Twitter I love good questions.
0: Down. Never lets us down. Love the good questions. Um, Tristan, we have no idea about lineups, right, at this point. I mean, it's a little bit early. It's still January and the snow on the ground. But we should find them out in about a month. Paul DeYoung could bat second, right? That would that would matter. But would they do that? I don't, I don't like, think the, they'd do that. I don't think the Young batted second very much last year. I'm going to check that right now. It was Yachty um, a lot. I remember
1: Yachty or... Marina. No. Yes. Yachty. They, they had a strange line of construction. Bader was hitting seven or eight a lot. Yachty was batting second. They they had a strange approach. But that would change things for you. The, if the
0: Young went from, say, sixth to second, you'd be like, oh, now that's interesting. Um, it could be Fowler. It could be Colton Wong. I don't know who it's going to be, but... How do you view Paul DeYoung, just in a general sense? Is he a top 10 shortstop to you? Do you think that there's a 30 home run season
1: lurking there? Uh, He was one of the players in my most recent update that I did move up a decent amount because I see the power upside there. The the injury absence last year, I think, explains some of the, quote, down year. But the fly ball production was pretty comparable to his 2017. And as a matter of fact, the quality of contact in the final two months or so of the year was up. So I do like him as a value pick. I don't think that he fits here in the discussion as the number two hitter. But if you bat him five, I don't care. All of these things remain the case. And it just means more RBI, which I'll take it. I, I mean, 30-100, is that possible in this lineup? I, I absolutely see a path to that. But you,
0: you have him ranked as the number 20 shortstop. I have him over a couple of these guys, like Semyon Andrelton Simmons. Um, but, man, shortstop is deep. And third base is deep. And you know what's not deep? First base is not deep. Yep. Third base is crazy deep, by the way, this year. First base, I I look at first base, and I think, really? This guy is ranked there? Yep. And, like, if you said to me, Eric, Eric Hosmer or Paul DeYoung, I can make a case for DeYoung. Now, you have Hosmer ranked 125 and DeYoung 183. And I'm thinking, they're kind of comparable to me. I I can get a shortstop to give me the power that Hosmer's not going to give. It's not the same batting average. I understand that. That's my, that's your number 13 first baseman. Then it's Max Muncy, Carlos Santana, Jose Martinez, who may not even play, Miguel Cabrera, who's old. I, I mean, man, I, I think we could actually say, Tristan, that third base and shortstop are stronger than first base this year. I don't think second base
1: is. What do you think of that? Is that crazy? I don't think, if you contrast first and short, I don't think that's crazy. I feel like in the very low tiers where you're getting into the onlys, you're getting yes. into the 15-plus the team mixed, first base feels a little bit safer. You're, well, you're, taking, you're taking chances on rolls at shortstop. But I, I agree with you in that in the mixed in the standard mixed league context, shortstop is a lot better than you think, and first base is a lot worse than you think. Leo, what
0: uh, what is ESPN's standard league now at this point?
2: Uh, it would be a 10-team mixed points league. Mixed points league, okay.
0: So, in a general sense, when I'm doing this show and when I'm writing every day, I'm talking about Roto. And sometimes it'll be points, but in the general sense, because I've been playing Roto for a really long time, and that's kind of my thing. AJ's thing is points. AJ Mass, who will be on the show plenty. And Tristan, you play both. So, we should do a better job of talking about points leagues, just in our regular conversation on the show. Sure. But in a general sense, we're talking about Roto. I'm thinking about you know, how many stolen bases I'm going to get. I'm thinking about, you know, things that may not matter as much in a points league because you just want one number. But I I look at, and it's not all about Paul DeYoung. Like D Gordon in a points league, I don't want him. In a roto league, he's got to be a top 100 option. You know, he could steal 40 bases. How many guys could do that? Five guys? So just so everyone that's listening, you know, both of you, understand what we're talking about. I,
1: I would say this, that if you are talking the points, that is what makes first base a little bit deeper. I probably would tilt the scale to yes. first base over shortstop in the points league. I think it's fairly noticeable there because first base has a lot of the walkers, the guys first who are base is, by on base. First base
0: has has de- has depth. If you want to fill out a roster for points leagues and for AL and NL only, but in a ten team standard mixed, your corner infielder might be somebody who's basically playing another position. I wonder if may some- not be like you may not be your corner infielder might not be Yuli Gurriel this year. It might be Jerickson Profar.
1: Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and I I wonder whether the value over replacement in a points league at shortstop on the top tiers is going to be comparable to first base. I think it's going to be in those middle rounds that shortstop suffers. And it's for that reason, people, that you
0: don't look at. You're you're sitting there in round three and you're thinking, do I want Cody Bellinger or should I take a second or, or a shortstop guy? Just take the best available. Because first base is not so deep anymore that you say, oh, I'm going to avoid Cody Bellinger and I'll just get my first baseman later and then you're
1: stuck on Mitch Moreland or Justin Bohr. Don't do that. I like Bohr in LA. You don't? Oh, come on. I do. It's a good fit, but that's, it's an only league discussion.
2: In a deep league.
0: In a deep league, sure. Give me Justin Bohr in the last round or Ryan O'Hearn. But, you know, in a standard mix, you're not drafting those guys. Right. Right.
2: A couple quick things, uh, watchdogging here for you. Um, speaking of points leagues and points league rankings and things like that, um, by the end of today I will have up our draft kit with initial cheat sheets and rankings and all that stuff that that are in part of that is AJ Mass's points league rankings um, and so you'll be able to see where he ranks these guys relative so if you're playing in a points league if you're playing in a ESPN standard league like he's already got them as a preview yeah there's 11 first base eligible guys in the top 100 so you know you've still got options there because you've got the Encarnaciones and the Gallows and the guys who are gonna you know walk and get total bases basically um, so it is a little different, obviously. And and so we cover those formats and we will have that out there for you. And so then that led me to an interesting question for Tristan. Um, speaking of the difference between first and third base, I noticed on your rankings that this is a hash brown from Leo in Bristol, um, <laughs> <laughs> that in your rankings that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Is ahead of Joey Votto. And I'm curious, is that just a Vlad has more upside? Because I feel like they're very similar players, especially until Vlad really grows into the power that we think he might have. And then obviously a first base, the first third base, you know, maybe, maybe I'm thinking I, I would rather have Vado in probably either format, maybe Roto more specifically, because I think that Vlad could just walk a ton in that lineup. But curious your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a fair point here. And I, I, I feel like with Vado, I've been inching him up a little bit. And I, I might based on, again, the spring returns health wise. But I worry about the players who reach this age, who don't have a lot of upside anymore and did miss time last season. I actually do think Vado's going to rebound. The thing with Vlad, I, I kind of feel like his floor is higher than Joey Votto's. I, I really believe in the guy's talent. I think he is an exceptional hitter. One of the most polished of any player to debut, debut in MLB as long as I've been writing this stuff. So, Which, I mean, I'm 25, but I've been doing it for, what, a quarter century? So I did it when I was an infant. He's he's really exceptional. You know,
0: I, I, I love you, man. I look at your rankings and I say, you're just basing a lot of this off last year. I mean, Joey Votto, number 61, I'm going to have him 30 spots higher. I, I just, I can't. I can't okay, just say, but, "Oh, now he's a guy; he's going to hit ten home runs." He okay, can hit thirty again.
1: Th- this is characterizing it like I'm completely down on Joey Votto. Joey Votto was 212th on the player radar last year. That's one year. You are down on him. That is you 212th. are I have him 61st. 61st That's is a bad what was he two
0: years ago? What was he two years ago? Two years ago. Okay, I'll dig it up for you. Two years I mean, ago. My point is, so many analysts look at only what happened in the most recent season and say. Oh, that's it. That's what he is now. That's a new
1: baseline. Joey Votto could go back to what he did in 2017, which was fantastic. Okay, Joey 20 in 2017 was 17th on the Player Raider. Okay, well, that's my point. In an exceptional year. This was an exceptional year for him where at first base, and based on the, the level of homers and RBI that were available across the league, he did not get up there into that top 10. Not I'm not going to criticize the guy fully here. I'm a lot closer to his 2017 finish than I was to his 2018, which is my point. I, so you I have just, Votto I, over. You have Vla- Votto over Gl- Vlad because you have Vlad in your yes. top 50. Where's Votto for you?
0: Votto will be higher than Vlad. Um, Where I, I just I'll probably have Votto in my late 30s, early 40s, and Vlad will be probably in my 40s. But yes, if you like, it all comes down to if you're in a draft and you've got I don't know. 60 seconds to make a decision. Mm -hmm. Who are you taking for 2019 only? I might change my mind on this, on Vlad, based on what the Blue Jays say. Oh, yeah, it'll be two weeks. But, yeah, like, I do this every year. You know me. Joey Votto's not too old to put up the numbers that he put up in 2017. Yes, he stopped hitting fly balls. That doesn't mean he can't go back to hitting fly balls. Maybe he was hurt, and we don't know why. I don't know what he was doing. I'm just saying.
2: Hasn't he also changed his swing before because he was, quote, bored? Unquote.
1: Like, <laughs> we could just totally see him decide to change it again. Votto has the most fun stat out there, by the way. You've seen this over the years. The I pop-ups? believe it's he, he has one pop-up yeah. in his entire career to either the catcher first or, or pitcher. Catcher first, baseman, or pitcher. Somebody had that out there, or else he hasn't at all. His pop-up rate is insanely low. This guy squares the ball up like nobody else's business in the game. Uh, maybe I'll have him 45 when we're, we're looking at March 1st. I... I I wanna believe uh, in you Joey know what Botto, I'm redounding.
0: saying? Just don't don't be so quick not you, but in general people, don't be so quick to write off players who were really good before last season. You know what else is insanely low? Kyle on this show. Let's do like a quick and <laughs> <some> quick hash browns <laughs> now as we run out of time. Sorry.
3: You got it. Bill wants to know quick differences between Chris Archer and Luis Castillo coming this year. He's been burned by both in the past.
0: Uh, I will take Archer here. Let me check Tristan's rankings. He probably has the opposite. Uh, briefly, your thoughts on
1: these two pitchers. <laughs> I actually... I, I, I like Luis oh Castillo. Oh my goodness. You,
0: you don't like Archer at all. Well, you'll say I do. I have number 40 among starting pitchers. That's not liking him. Um, Castillo scares me because of the home runs. And the second half of last season, obviously he rebounded to look more like the rookie that we saw. But, you know, Archer in that ballpark... I, I I still think there could be something there. He can be an elite strikeout pitcher. I'm pretty likely to have Archer
1: ranked ahead of Castillo. Okay. And that is a case I can see. I'm not on board with it. Uh, the ballpark thing is irrelevant to me. I, I mean, he was in a fantastic... How is it not relevant? Cincinnati is a was home in, run haven. Because... Well, okay, if you're comparing the two against each other, but Archer, in terms of ballpark advantage, he had it in Tampa Bay. That is easily the American League's best pitcher's park. This is a slider-reliant reliant guy that has practically nothing else to him. And my worry with that is the amount of wear and tear it's going to put on his arm year over year. Now, maybe that, that doesn't come back to haunt him this season, but I, I worry about the longevity of his career here. And he's also underperformed his peripherals for, what, something like three years in a row? At what point something do you we... Something like that. Yeah, the strikeouts are absolutely valuable, but there are a lot of strikeouts in the game right now. This is kind of like, you know, who was the player I used? It wasn't Nelson Cruz. It was another guy who had nothing but home runs two years ago, and they weren't as valuable compared to the rest of the league because there's homers everywhere. That's Archer's problem. Rick Porcello, maybe? Bing, ding ding ding! <laughs> it was a hitter. It was a it oh. was a hitter where I was comparing his numbers that were four years apart. In it was the exact same number. Like he hit 40 homers, and those 40 homers were worth like 25 percent less in the more recent year. Archers like that. The strikeouts aren't worth as much as they are. And Luis Castillo is a guy who I still think is getting better. The guy's got a great changeup. He's got a couple of different pitches that are plus. I see
0: everything you see in Castillo. I just see inconsistency, and that's a problem for me. Okay. But you're right. Archer is not as safe as maybe I think. It's just a lot of strikeouts and nothing else. All right. What else? What's next?
3: We got two quick ones here. John's got a dynasty keeper league question. He wants to know if you can sell him on Alex Reyes over Clayton Kershaw.
0: You know, um somebody's trying to get Alex Reyes from me in a dynasty league and I can't wait to trade him. <laughs> I honestly, I can't, I I'm trying and we just can't agree on what, well, we're basically neither of us are paying attention at this point, but we will be soon. But I am not buy- – if you said to me over-under on Alex Reyes innings for 2019, I wouldn't take over on 50, would you? 50? Wow.
1: Come on, man. Look at what's been wow. happening. I get it. That's Now, I I love that you brought up the over-under on innings because I, I, I can't see anybody out there with the optimism to go even beyond 120. He might be a reliever too. That's the other problem. Yep.
0: Like, he – the reason I said fifty there is not only because I'm scared of him being hurt and missing three quarters of the year, is because he could be their seventh inning guy. He could be their closer. Right now they have Andrew Miller and Jordan Hicks. I think for the back end of the bullpen they still have Luke Gregerson and Brett Cecil. They have guys, but I'm not even sure Reyes is ready to pitch in April. And if he does, who knows how many innings he gets?
1: Yeah, I I, I think that the injury question is much larger with Reyes even than it is than Kershaw. The only I would possible- say Kershaw. I would, too. The only possible case I can make for you here is that if you're in a keep forever and you really like trying to be the one who says, hey, look, I was the smart one who got the better career. You might get seven, eight great years of Reyes two years down the road. But wouldn't you want Kershaw's good year this year and Kershaw's probably better year next
0: year? Play for now. Even in a dynasty league, play to win now. Flags fly forever. I want to win now. I don't have Kershaw as my top starting pitcher, but he's, he's close. He's top ten. Reyes, I, you know, like guys like Jake Faria, who I'm also trying to sell in my dynasty league. Yeah, maybe he's an ace, or maybe he doesn't pitch at all. I I have concerns. I don't want to. I don't want to take that risk with starting young starting pitcher anymore. anymore Uh, Michael Kopech, who's going to miss this year with Tommy John. I'm trying to trade him in my dynasty league. I'm just. I'm tired of being burned by these guys missing a year. Whereas you can get look using Porcello as an example. Okay, we talked about him plenty on this show. At least I know Porcello is going to pitch. 200 innings this year with 170 strikeouts. I don't know if his ERA is going to be 320 or 420, but he's got
1: a pitch. I would take <laughs> him over Alex Reyes. And, and Right? I, yeah, I mean, and, and I completely get it. I love Alex Reyes. You know my opinion of his stuff. He's got great stuff and great potential, but that potential is not right here in front of him. I think it's a couple of steps ahead, and that's uh, being optimistic about it. Here, here's the way I'll put it for you. you. You're trying to trade for Alex Reyes, who's got major questions about him. Why don't you contrast Kershaw against Vladimir Guerrero? Would you do that? Yes. That that I would is a good question. Okay, now would you contrast him
0: against Eloy Jimenez? You know what, we're all forgetting about Eloy, who could easily be ranked
1: just as high as Vladis. I love Eloy. You know I'm a big fan of his. And and well, I think Eloy's you know, where... I only know
0: if you love him based on your ranking. Based on, like...
1: Well, <laughs> right? that's one where I think they are keeping him in the minors for a decent chunk of time to buy the extra year. But All right. we'll see. I, I, I feel like Eloy's where the, the balance tilts here in the Keep Forever Leagues with Kershaw. But at least Eloy and Vlad don't have the questions health-wise that Alex Reyes, the pitcher, does.
0: Uh, the music stopped half an hour ago, so I think they're trying to tell us something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Are you new to this show? We just talk and sometimes we don't stop. Um, all right, I so that obviously we're done. So, as uh, as Leo mentioned, the game is launched. Please be patient with it. It will rock, but it's a work in progress. The, uh, the The articles will be up, the rankings will be up. Leo, I'll get you my rankings as soon as I can. As, as soon as I can figure out exactly where Adalberto Mondesi belongs,
2: because Tristan just has him in the wrong I'll spot. send them back uh, if he's not top 50. <laughs>
0: Uh what else. Hall of Fame results today. Congrats to Mariano Rivera. It's ridiculous he will not be unanimous selection, but no one will. The entire process is ridiculous. Uh, at least he's in. Uh congrats to the family of Roy Halladay. I wish he could have seen it. Uh looks like Edgar Martinez is getting in. Uh, yes. Hopefully Mike Messina either this year or next. I have a Hall of Fame vote and I think four or five years I will take it seriously and like so many others, but you know, that's my soapbox. Will you vote for all 10? Yeah. I You fill out your ballot, man. If you think there's 10 guys, vote for 10 guys. I don't understand voting for one or eight, whatever it is, right. at least 10 players that are deserving of this honor. And come on, give them the honor. And you know what? You can say whatever you want about Harold Baines and many have, but that doesn't mean that, you know, everyone else should get in. You can't compare two players like that. All right. It's a flawed system. Um, thanks to everybody who makes this show rock. Our next show is on the schedule for two weeks from today. It's the first Tuesday of February, two days after the Super Bowl. Uh, we should all be in Bucolic Bristol for that one, snow permitting. Thanks, of course, to everybody who makes this show great. Kyle, Daniel, Leo, Tristan, uh, and I'm here too. Thanks for listening. We look forward to the next show in two weeks. Have an awesome day. Everything is awesome. Darkness.